AFI podcast today. We have um, some very good friends of AFI, Associate Professor uh, Glenda McGregor, Professor Martin Mills, and Dr. Asper Baristas. Uh, it's really nice to um, have you with us today. I'm sure I pronounced Asper's surname incorrectly, and apologies for that. Well, she's, um, after practicing and everything, I, I, I apologize. <laughs> but before we begin, can we just um, take a moment to acknowledge that we are all on First Nations land? no matter where we are in this country, um, paying respects to our elders past, present and emerging and to any First Nations people that are listening to us today on this podcast, always was, always will be First Nations country. So um, thanks very much, Martin, Glenda and Asper for joining us today. Um, the, the, the title for the conversation that's going to happen at the Doing Schools Differently conference is Who Teaches in Flexible and Non-Traditional Schools in Australia? And I might um, jump straight to the first question to you, Glenda, um, as the chief in, or one of the chief investigators for the ARC linkage project of who teaches in flexible and non-traditional schools in Australia. Are you able to kind of give us a bit of an overview of the motivation behind investigating this topic and why it is important for um, the sector in education? Sure. Thanks, Dale. And um, thanks very much to you and to AFI for giving us the chance to talk about this project. Um, which we think is filling an important gap um, in the body of knowledge around uh, flexi, alternative, democratic schooling um, manifestations across the country and also internationally. And um, you would be aware because you were on the um, uh, reference group for Youth Affairs Network in Queensland that we yeah. started uh, researching students in flexi schools way back in 2009 and um, so we have built upon that initial um, uh, $5,000 project uh, in the last decade or so to establish a significant body of work around what works for disenfranchised young people in different um, educational settings. And yep. indeed the conference itself, doing school differently really emanates from that body of work that we and others like Kitty Terrell um, and look, there are too many to name, um, who have um, put together various frameworks um, that demonstrate to schools what they need to do for young people um, who have disengaged or be disenfranchised from accessing um, the education that is their right. Yeah. So, Let's fast forward to 2019, and we have quite a lot of research about young people. But in the course of doing that research, we've talked um, to teachers and principals and campus heads, and there was a parallel story going on that wasn't um, uh, substantially documented. And that is the, the people who make the magic happen the teachers, the youth workers, the social workers, all of the uh, people who support um, the students. What is their story? What are their needs? How do they keep going? We were aware that in the sector there, there are instances of burnout, particularly for principals mm -hmm. or people yeah. who come to the sector with a vision and they set up schools and they put their heart and soul into um, doing the right thing for young people. 
but it does eventually impact upon their own health and well-being. So yes. the gap in the research concerned the teachers and the workers, and we've uh, intentionally left it a little bit ambiguous in terms of who teaches in uh, non-traditional schools, because yeah. we're aware that the teaching work that's performed also extends to the youth workers and social workers. And so um, Asper and I and um, Martin um, got together and uh, convinced various people that this would be a good idea to submit to the um, Australian Research Council. And we were lucky enough to be funded to conduct this research. So now we are on that journey uh, of interviewing principals and campus heads, and eventually we'll have case studies across uh, various states to speak directly with teachers who, uh, who are working with uh, some of the most vulnerable young people in Australia. And we intend documenting their stories and feeding that back to the sector um, to, to help those who are setting up schools, who are employing and recruiting to, um, to get the very best uh, fit for their schools. Thanks. That's excellent, Glenda. Thanks so much. Um, we'll come back to the question of when this, this data will be kind of um, available for everyone. And I know you're going to do some, uh, a preliminary conversation at the conference. Um, but if we can turn to Martin for a sec. Martin, you're also a, um, a CI in the Linkage Project and have a very long history in research and flexible non-traditional schools work. Um, and sort of picking up on Glenda's piece then, mm -hmm. Uh, the last piece you mentioned, how do you see educators applying some of the findings of this research and like from a pedagogic point of view and also, I guess, from a, a workplace point of view in terms yeah. of things like burnout, you know, just the application of, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Dale. And, and we do have some preliminary findings, I think, which Asper is much better place to talk about than me. But what I, I might just say is a few things and just taking off Blender, like I, I've always quite liked... Um, the analogy, you know, that of when you're on a plane and they're kind of giving you all the kind of descriptions about what to do, safety measures and stuff, and they yeah. say, you know, when the oxygen drops down, put it on yourself first. And part of that is because of, you know, rather than your child, because unless you take care of yourself, you can't support the child. And I think that applies to teachers in terms of, as, as you say, schools, yeah. of, schools of any kind are workplaces. Yeah. Yep. And unless you take care of the well-being and the welfare of teachers, then I think the students miss out. So I think that's the, the, you need that's a critical component of the, the work we're trying to do. And so what we're, we're hoping is that through the research that a lot of, and, and a lot of, the, so some flexi schools are part of big networks, but a lot of them are kind of on their own. And, and I yep. think that there's a, a series of stories where, if you start to hear, ah, oh, so that other place is confronting this issue, I'm not alone. It's an issue that, that faces the sector. Yeah. Also, hopefully, what we will see and start to find is creative or, you know, sometimes quite simple solutions to some of the real dilemmas that, that teachers and head teachers, principal, I've been in England, head teachers, principals um, <laughs> and um, other administrators might like to, you know, to take on board. To, so mm. I think... There's that component. I think, and you're right about the, the pedagogical implications. And, and we do, you know, we are interested in 
the turnover of teachers, how long do, could teachers stay? How do we ensure they're sustained in the in the system? So not just retained, but kind of enriched and um, yeah. And, and, yeah. But, but but it isn't just a case of retention. It's the retention of the the right people for the right reasons. And so what are the pedagogical, you know, implications of teachers' work? And what what can we learn about how young people get a meaningful education when they come to these sites? So there's some there's a few curriculum dilemmas mm -hmm. and ones that we've all confronted yep. is so and I think um I think Kitty's made a lovely Kitty Tareel made a lovely comment in relation to this notion of a second chance that it you know it is a second chance from third fourth but it's a second chance but it shouldn't be second rate you know and it indeed, needs indeed. to be a really high quality education so how are teachers in the system what of professional development are they getting what is yeah. their curriculum knowledge you know and what does that mean when you're having and they play an absolutely crucial role in the in the sector but you have youth workers and others doing the teaching how are they you know what's their curriculum knowledge their pedagogical knowledge how is that being you know they have wonderful knowledges about young people but yes. how does that then play itself out in in the i was going to say classroom but in the educational space the learning yeah, yeah. space in which they're they're in so they're they're just some of my my thoughts around this thank you i mean it really points to that kind of interdisciplinary weave of practices across these sites that create um hopefully those really engaging environments um, be really interesting to see, um, to hear how that's talked about by the people working there. Um, the other piece that I find really interesting is that um, often um, staff in these environments sort of feel a bit siloed off in terms of career path, like they get kind of caught in these places. And when they try and make a step back to a more mainstream environment, that this place hasn't been recognised as such as, as having... And I would have thought that these places have great places of um, innovation and development, but it's not actually recognised. So anything we can bring to more recognition to being in the space, I think, is of real value. Um, Asper, thank you for joining us again today. And you're part of the project as a CI as well. Um, and as Martin just indicated, um, we have some preliminary data. And I was just wondering if you'd like to share a little bit from that data with us um, and what educators... Uh, and what people and educators might um, find interesting to um, pick up on if they come to your conversations at the Doing Schools Differently conference. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, Dale. Uh, yeah, so, so far we have um, undertaken a survey that has been Australia-wide and we had an awesome response rate there. So we were very happy with that. Um, and then we've moved on to a few interviews with um, the school leadership. Um, uh, so in terms of the survey, um, one thing that struck us was that there is a very high uh, satisfaction rate with amongst teachers, amongst educators, um, with their with their um, workplace with their school and that was um, that was lovely to see and really interesting to um, delve into because as um, Glenda mentioned the conditions are not 
um, always um, conducive to a very high satisfaction rate. So we were that that kind of question um, yeah. yeah. but but that, but then you sort of look at why. So we were curious why this was the case. So um, with some of the um, comments that people provided, and also with the leader. Um, interviews, the interviews with principals, you kind of see this picture starting to surface where it is about relationships. It's about relationships with um, uh, their colleagues, relationships with um, their students, so that that relational aspect to their work. So even though the conditions may not, not be, um, um, I guess, the conditions do affect the teachers or the educators' well-being, but there is a point at which that seems to be overlooked and the satisfaction is due to something else. But that's not to say that the, the working conditions are not important. So if you look, for example, a leader, an interview with a principal that I had, um, the principal spoke about uh, the turnaround for their staff on average is eight months. I actually wow. thought I misheard that. Yeah. I thought it was 18, but no, it's mm. eight months. And so, you know, that has, that will have a huge impact mm. on um, the individual and, and, and also um, the young people because, mm. uh, you know, it takes a period of time to get mm. um, comfortable with someone um, so that you know there are no no sort of triggers um yeah. and then that person goes so yeah, it's yeah. sort of you know that that was one element that the school leadership seems to have um a concern about and the other one was recruitment it's it's so yeah. hard to find teachers or you know because um it, a little bit it has a little bit to do with the fact that sometimes um many of the schools are attached to a social organization and so there is confusion about right. what the purpose of that school is and and how that school operates so you you know you may get um a whole range of people applying for jobs and but they are not they don't have the qualifications Quality. to mm -hmm. yeah so you know it's a fascinating area and we're really keen to delve deeper and and to ask the questions of the teachers um about why well thanks Asper. I mean that's really interesting isn't it? eight months is such a quick turnover it's like you know, as we know, um, everything in terms of working from a kind of a trauma base requires predictability and routine and having churn like that is really not helpful. Um, so I'm sure that that school's working hard to figure out how they fix that issue. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, so as we mentioned earlier, um, you know, um, in today's conversation, we have three of the most influential, influential researchers in this space in the country and probably worldwide. Um, doing this work and also for lucky for DSD and for people coming to it, um, they're all going to be there talking about it. So you can come along and um, sit in their um, session, which I should know when it is, but it's on one of the days, so you have to come to all days. Um, but really, you get a, uh, the opportunity to meet Martin, Asper and Glenda is um, there for you to hear some of this work. Um, so just as we wind this up, and just any any of the three of you have any comments of what um, you'd like to share for the audience um, around the presentation um, at uh, June 30th or July 1st on one of those days? Uh, 
Esper, you're leading it. <laughs> I believe you are, Martian. Okay. I, can I told you. I told you to be an interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we look. We we were just hoping to outline some of the um, de demographic and attitudinal responses from the survey. Yeah. So. You know, if you're in that sector and teaching um, and you kind of go, oh, that's that's what I think or oh, that's not what I think. But, you know, you, you can kind of see how the population is um, what what the population is thinking. Um, yeah, yeah. So, right. and, and we don't want to give away that, you know, the, the punchlines <laughs> now that, you know, so do come along and we will deliver them on the day. But but we we do. I suppose what we're hoping is to generate discussion generate some thinking about this space and to and to ensure that people understand that whilst we think and obviously think and that the education and the young people is absolutely critical here we have to think about the teaching workforce as well or the, the not the teacher the, the work the workforce in those in those sectors both teachers youth workers and the various other positions that people hold in their yeah. in these sites. Well, just, uh, yeah, sorry, Linda, you go. No, just just finally what's coming through in both the surveys and the interviews is the diversity of sites yeah. and the diversity of conditions and um, uh, particularly in terms of staff who stay and staff who go some some places have a very stable staff. So they're in a different position to uh, a place where there's a big turnover. Yeah. So it's the diversity of sites um, that's really interesting. And hopefully people can come and share their stories with us. Well, that's what I was just going to wind up with. Thanks, Glenda, <laughs> is that um, that opportunity exists um, at Doing Schools Differently conference to um, go to the session that um, Martin, Glenda and Asper are running, but also I, I know for a fact that they would love to hear um, your voice in this and reach out to them and have conversations with them. So um, on behalf of AFI and Doing Schools Differently, thank you so much for your time yeah. today. Um, lovely to see you. We're really looking forward to um, seeing you in person. Imagine that, actually being face-to-face -face <laughs> with people. Um, yeah, thanks, <laughs> Touch wood when we say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on June 30th and July 1st in the Adelaide Convention Centre for Doing Schools Differently. Thanks very much. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, Thank Dale. You.